Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, we, we pay zero attention to the rankings. The unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosovich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. It is the unofficial 40. I am your host, Carrie Murdoch, joined by Josh McQuistian and Eddie Radosovich. And I have to turn things down. There we go. Uh, it is signing day, 2018. ST2K18. Hashtag. I forgot the hashtag. Uh, we are doing a podcast on the day of signing day because I was afraid Eddie was going to burn my house down if I didn't. Eddie? It might have happened. Eddie, I, I did it for you guys. Eddie was so dead set on this podcast today. It was like literally, like, Josh, there are very few days when Eddie gets put in a bad mood, like there's, I know there's been, I'm just here for the people. There's been one time when like we were on a road trip and Eddie, I got to turn my headphones down a little bit. Eddie, there we go. Um, Eddie was like exhausted. Like I hadn't, I've never seen him exhausted and he was throwing like a little hissy fit. Like we got to the hotel, like he threw his stuff down and he just, he collapsed on his bed I don't know. I'm trying to think when this was. I think we might have been like in Arizona or something. Oh, for like a fiesta bowl or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I might have been. It's very often, it's I'd very, run it's out very of, seldom that Eddie gets pissy. I'd run out of Adderall. I'd run out of nicotine. <laughs> I, was, I was ready to go home. No, I'm just kidding. He wants to have his beers, you know, after a hard day's work. That's one thing about Eddie. Like, he will go, uh, whenever we stay at a hotel, He, I, I, I know that we'll get checked in, we'll get situated, and Eddie's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I know where he's going. He's going to see if they have a bar or if there's a convenience store nearby where he can go get some beer. Yeah, it's really bad when you're in Texas because they stopped serving beer or selling beer, I think, after midnight. In convenience stores? Yeah. But if you, you find just, a bar. You're like a grandpa. You just need your beer. Actually, you're more like my grandma. You just need a beer at the end of the day. <laughs> my grandma would sit and chain smoke. Uh, my grandma Murdoch would sit and chain smoke and drink beer while she babysat this. <laughs> that that sounds like she had everything, uh, all of her uh, ducks in a row. Then. My brother and I would play marbles. You ever played marbles, like real marbles, like where you got a shooter? I remember. And you make like tape a circle. I remember like going through, which would have been like my uncle's stuff, like over at my grandparents' house, uh-huh. my mom's parents, but. I don't think we ever like played or anything. Like when you played marbles all day, like my brother and I would be over there while she's chain smoking and drinking her beer, and you know we'd watch baseball if it was on because you'd watch WGN, so we'd watch the Cubs. Uh, I remember uh, Yvonne De Jesus fondly as I was a little one, um, but you'd play marbles 
and your thumb would get so raw from shooting that shooter. We had pogs. Yeah, that was a little after. So, but yeah, you had like jacks and marbles, and then you had board games. That's what that's what happened at grandma's, and you got secondhand, you know, smoke. <laughs> secondhand smoke. That's not a bad gig, though. Okay, uh, we'll stop screwing around. We'll get Josh? to it. Uh, Josh, it is your Super Bowl day. You've just taken Laney swimming. Josh, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that was my lead-in. That that was the introduction was uh, Super Bowl and Laney swimming. Yeah, Laney, um, Laney didn't have a strong day at the pool. I know the people. That's what they're listening for here today. She was... Uh, We've been a little goofy all day. Didn't really want to listen to our teacher, Coach Toby. So we uh, we had to work on that, have a little conversation. But, uh, you know, the long arm of the law has struck down, and we're, we're good to go again. Uh, is that mom? That Oh, that's definitely dad. Oh, okay. dad, ma- mama is Mama is – she's, she's the cop. mom that wants to be the tough guy. Like, she tells people that she's the tough guy. And then as soon as Lainey no is not her. happy, yeah. she wants to cater to Lainey's needs. The- so – do you call the swim instructor a swim coach? Like, they don't really think that they're a coach, right? <laughs> At that age, no. Okay. But no. they are responsible um, for lives. I mean, that's that's something. They're instructing. They're instructing. Yeah, but if if they don't instruct properly, people die. Like, not that's with, an important not with job. On. Not with floaties on. I, I would imagine it's a controlled oh, environment. Oh, I'm sure there are kids that are dumb enough to drown with floaties on. I don't know if you In can. In this world? Yeah, that's true, too. Oh, you could. You could. There, um... She just calls her Miss Toby. Okay. So there's no coach in front of it or anything like that. Is she like hot? That. So that, that's kind of, I, I don't know if that's like a Southern thing, but like almost everybody that it's not like her family or her friend, like any older person where like you call them, like you guys would be Mr. Carey or Mr. Eddie or like. The, Why are you we, avoiding we the that. question? <laughs> I thought we were going Why to like, are you avoiding the dialogue question? about. Is yeah. Miss Toby hot? I missed that part. Um. God, I hope Toby doesn't listen to this because she's a very sweet lady. But no, 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 to- Toby is, um, t- t- Toby is large. To- to- Toby's a big lady. Hey, she's not. If you saw her, too. you wouldn't think swim instructor like that. That's that's not the first thing that would come to your mind. So, so you're at the, what you're saying is you're at the ready in case things go wrong to jump in. Oh, like I, I have literally because where we view it, God, this everybody's gonna be like we talk recruiting you idiots. Um, at the like there there's a pool and it's indoors and then at the end of it there's this kind of wooden frame where they've carved out all these holes which are like viewpoints and uh-huh. it's open air so I don't really know why the wooden frame is there but that's that's another conversation but anyway like I've literally considered can I dive through there hit the deck and be in the pool like in three steps like I I think about it in my head a lot if Laney ever goes down but Frankly, she's a really good swimmer now. Like she can, she can roll over. She can pop herself up for air. So she really doesn't need me for any of that stuff. Unless, basically, short of Miss Toby holding her down because she's not listening to her, she's fine. So Eddie and I learned something that will help your daughter in the future. Because this morning we went to Norman North High School, where they ha- they were having their signing ceremony. This got Eddie very triggered later on in the day. But so, like, you go, and it, it wasn't like people were getting mad. They were like, why do Drake and Bob Stoops just the privilege of having their own signing ceremony at Norman North because they're walk ons? It's like, that's not what it was. It was uh, the entire school, kids that were going to NEO. I didn't even know Southwestern Kansas University existed until today. Like, they had about four that, kids going there. Yeah, is that the Ottawa one? I don't even know where that is. Somewhere in southern Kansas. If it's southwest obviously. Kansas, there's only Dodge City and Garden City. Liberal? 
I, I have no idea where it would be. It sounds awful, though. Well, they're coming to Norman like, North. For, congr- congrats if uh, you sign there today. The, I guarantee most kids probably go there and they don't stay. Like, I want to go to a real college. So anyway, we're there. Uh, and it's not just it's the boys, it's the girls. Uh, and here's what we've learned. And I kind of knew this. But Josh, if you want to get Laney's college paid for, get her into rowing. Because a girl got a scholarship for rowing at OU today and she seemed like a sweet girl. I'm not ripping on the girl. But and and she's a coxic or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was said multiple times, which made everybody And then laugh. we found out later because Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma actually had to do a story on her. Uh and he found out that a coxic doesn't even row. They're just they sit in the boat and yell at everyone to row. Yeah, they're in charge of cadence. Dude, if you have a daughter, anyone out there listening, if you have a daughter, turn them into rowers. The school will be paid for because of... Don't sit and bitch about Title IX and how it's ruining football. Take advantage. Have some kids. Make sure they're girls. Get them into rowing. Free college. Better than skiers. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that Carrie just advocated for genetic... Uh, some genetic controls within the birthing process. Get them, get them into rowing, or just have them shoot eighty-five, and they'll get, get a golf rid of your little debbies around the house. Tur- uh, Todd Marinovich, their asses all the way through college. Well, if we found out anything today, it was that you don't really have to be a rower to get a scholarship either, because she's a coxic. she's a coxic or whatever that is. Are you, are you looking up coxic to make sure we're saying no, the right I, thing? That's what that's what uh, Aber was saying earlier. She's like the captain. So basically, she does nothing. She doesn't have to work out. She so, doesn't have to do anything. So we were there for Drake and Isaac. Uh, Coxswain. 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 That's what it was. God. I had to look it up. Yep. Coxic might be something dirty. We might, Coxic might... is something in your pelvis. It's a, it's a bone oh. or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you broke your I, How coxic. the hell I remember that, I don't know, but I do remember that. You're right. That. I, think it's just, I think coxic is just another word for your tailbone. Either way, she's getting her scholar. She's getting school paid for. To tell people, row, row, row. It's like... Oh, you can play a bass drum? Here's a scholarship. Those broads do have to get up at like 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> broads? They have their, I haven't they, heard broads in a while. They have their own training facility on campus. It's right next to the rugby fields. Uh, they do. And they the uh, I've been up to the place up in Oklahoma City, like the Oklahoma River Sport. Mm-hmm. I've been to the uh, Chesapeake. If I got whatever. skinny, I would join the Chesapeake Boathouse or whatever and just go out and row on an early Sunday morning. That's one of those things, like, I feel like you would actually be pretty cool when you got to the moment where you didn't feel odd about going out there. You know when you're doing something that's kind of unusual, and you kind of get into the habit of it, and you're, you kind of reach that point where I don't feel weird in my own skin doing whatever this thing is, you yeah. know, whether it's, you know, like, I, I'm a mountain hiker or whatever, whatever your weird skill is. But I feel like that would take a little while to where you didn't feel like kind of an asshole. Yeah, definitely. I bought like real hiking boots just because I, I tried to buy those Timberlands and they just fall apart. And I got so much crap because I was wearing, I think they're Merrells, which that's like the height of hiking boots. And I got so much crap from hikers, like in the office uh, up at Cumulus because I wasn't wearing them with shorts. You should have told them, you're hikers. <laughs> like you have no room to talk. <laughs> But I was getting made fun of by hikers for wearing... Basically, they were jealous that I had those type of hiking boots. Were they 
climbing up to? Like the highest they're point just, of Edmund? They're just trail climbing or, you know, they're just walking the trails, like going to Arizona, I guess. Walking up uh, Camelback Mountain. I think not working in an office makes me realize that there are other people in this world. <laughs> you could use a good office. <laughs> like I, It makes me realize that there are people out there that do other things. You have to deal with other people. Like That's why I can deal with you so easily. I am forced to deal with other people who I normally wouldn't have any association. Usually you can just go, because Eddie, when you cross paths with somebody in the world and you don't, you don't like him, you can just be like, ah, screw that guy. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to talk to you, you anymore. You can get away from him. I, I'm going to I am in a situation I'm going to mute you. Where, yeah, I'm in a situation, uh, much like today, and I'm sorry we're not talking recruiting, where I parked in a university person's parking space, uh, and here's what happened. So I parked in a reserve spot under the stadium and because there wasn't a car there. And I thought, and it was Lincoln Riley's press conference. I knew I shouldn't have do it, done it, but I did it anyway. And so when I came back, that person was so pissed, they blocked me in <laughs> and left a note on my car saying that that spot was reserved and I'm not to park there. And I got so pissed off that I wrote a note of my own that said, grow up. Stop blocking people in. And then, you know what I did after that? I told you I went to the bank, but I felt so bad when I was leaving, I went to Walgreens or CVS. Oh, no, don't tell me this. And I bought a card for the person and a $15 Starbucks oh, gift card. Oh, my God. And I went back and I wrote a note to them and I said, I'm sorry for taking your parking space. Here's some free coffee. And oh I left it on their window, God. and that's See, why you were stuck here. I hope those people left and got in a wreck, and, and I actually lost the card. <laughs> I actually wrote my name on it. Oh my God! This see, this is what people need to see. There's this, there is this image that Carrie is the tough, mean, bad. Carrie, you're the nice guy. You're just grumpy. You're yeah. a grumpy, nice guy. I would not have handled it that way. Nope. I felt terrible. I mean, because here's what I here's where I felt bad. If your life is so bad that you block someone in for taking your space, someone needs to be nice to you. Someone needs to do something to show you, you know what, you deserve a break in life. And that's what I did. No, it's a really nice thing to do. I'm just not that kind. Like, I, because mm -mm. I, I don't have any conscience about, conscience about those things. Like, I don't, I always talk to Tiffany like, there are things that people can guilt her about and it's it's foreign to me i don't understand like i just don't have that gear if i make a decision about something i'm fine with it i don't even if i know it's wrong i will play it because I, i've made that choice like i'm just not going to continue thinking about it now granted 15 dollars was the cheapest gift card i could find <laughs> they had a 25 dollar gift card and i think you could probably get two cups of coffee at yeah, you Starbucks for fifteen dollars. Like one and a half, yeah. probably. So you have to buy the second one. It wasn't As that a guy nice. who spends a lot of time there. That's not going to take you far for sure. Yeah. Well, you get a free cup of coffee on me. So anyway, it is National Signing Day. Uh, the um, I'm trying to think of the right word. The castrated version of it. It's been weird all day. It's been Three really weird. signings. Uh, Lincoln Riley uh, hit on them all, and uh, here is uh, his thoughts on. Deshaun White. Thrilled to add these guys. Uh, you know, Deshaun was a Deshaun White was a, a big gift for us. It was one of the inside linebackers that we targeted very, very early in the process and felt like that he was the, the number one guy on our board from the beginning. 
Uh, Josh, is that true? It depends on what he means by the beginning. Because obviously Oklahoma had all spring to offer him and did not do so. I, even to the point I can remember talking to Deshaun and people that knew Deshaun back in the spring, and he was kind of like, I don't think OU's going to offer me. I took a couple trips there. They, they just don't seem like they're interested. I'm going to start looking at other schools. And so I, I don't know exactly what they mean by that, but, I mean, there's no question. Guys, you can just look at, uh, look at what we've seen. OU walked away from Merlin Robertson. OU walked away from several other guys as well. Uh, I wouldn't say Solomon Tuliapupu because, frankly, they weren't getting him. Yeah. But, I mean, Deshaun White made it possible for them to say, okay, we're not even going to waste any more time on this. We know what's happening here. He's going to SC, which is what he announced earlier today. So, I mean, they were able to wash their hands, but there's no question. I, I think of – if you put a top five of OU's defensive targets over, you know, maybe from the start of the season forward, I think you could make a case that Sean White would be in that list. They really, really like him. Well, to be fair, I think Lincoln looks at his timeline as June when he took over. And, and that's fine. Like, and it, in that argument, then yeah, I mean, you could definitely say that, uh, you know, because that's about, I want to say they offered him in late May. I need to look and be sure about that. But it was sometime right there around spring evaluation time, which would make sense with what he's talking about, because then they had a chance to see him. And really, that was about the time when I think the, the narrative on Deshaun started to change, because it stopped being about him being well, where does he play? Is he going to be a safety? Is he going to be a linebacker? And everyone kind of settled, okay, he's big enough to be a linebacker. Here is Lincoln Riley on Braden Willis. Now, Braden Willis was a guy that came on late um, and, and but really fits that kind of H-back tight end uh, role that has become you know, more and more uh, popular uh, for everybody, especially us offensively. And uh, he's a little bit different uh, when you compare him maybe to Demetri Flowers or Mark Andrews, maybe – Maybe somewhere in between a little bit. I think he may be a guy that can give you um, some some really really good versatility and was was really kind of the if you will the late find in the class. And a lot of times those guys have a way of becoming some of the best players. It seems like you're in and you're out. By the way, uh, I'm going to pause for one second because we are going to bring in uh, Bob Prisbillo for the first time ever on the podcast. He's joining us by phone, and we we actually got into a serious recruiting. Uh, conversation, Bob. So I'm not going to welcome you to the show with uh, slapstick talk. Uh, we we just kind of broke down to Sean White and, and Lincoln Riley's comments today, and uh, we were just playing uh, uh, Braden Willis's comments. Let me replay those now that we just welcome Bob in. Here's Lincoln talking about Braden Willis. Now, Braden Willis was a guy that came on late, um, and and but really fits that kind of H back tight end uh, role that has become, you know, more and more uh, popular uh, for everybody, especially us offensively. And uh, he's a little bit different uh, when you compare him maybe to Demetri Flowers or Mark Andrews, maybe. Maybe somewhere in between a little bit. I think he may be a guy that can give you um, some some really really good versatility and was was really kind of the if you will the late find in the class. And a lot of times those guys have a way of becoming some of the best players. It seems like you're in and you're out. Now I would say, guys, right now just from watching his film and seeing the kid in person, he's not even a, a he's not even in the Grant Calcaterra territory of tight end as far as just physical build at this point uh bob let's start with you there yeah i I can't see him being a flex out tight end i can either see him being an in in line guy or evolving 
into a Dimitri Flowers-like role. I definitely don't see him uh, having that type of future of a Mark Andrews or what Grant Calcaterra is going to end up doing here for the Sooners in the upcoming season. But he was a really nice pickup. And when, when you look at his stats, you know, the jack-of-all-trades gets thrown around uh, uh, way too often. But seriously, I mean, you throw for more than 500 yards, you run for more than 500 yards, you have more than 500 receiving yards, 27 total touchdowns is a nice late find. You always try to convince yourself anyway when you try to find someone this late in the game that they're going to be a big-time contributor to your class. I do think Braden Wills has the potential to be more than just someone who adds depth. And, I mean, this was a, a class, too, guys, that, I mean, they didn't – they weren't really interested in taking an evaluated guy. I mean, it had to be somebody that really impressed them, just judged by – I mean, you know, Bob, we're going to play – uh, your question to to Lincoln about grad transfers, but uh, it was pretty obvious they wanted to keep a couple spots open here, so they weren't just taking anybody. Bob or Josh, feel free to jump in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean for sure, and I think there's a couple things when you're looking at how this uh, class shook out when it was all said and done. Not only was the graduate transfer something that's legitimate, that is now a real thing with every single class where you have to count on one or two, depending on where you're hurting the most. But I think you have to look at how well OU is doing in terms of the 2019 class. New Wave 19 already has four kids in the Rivals 250 and actually in the top 200 as of right now. And when you start hitting so much on those top targets, it doesn't make nearly as much sense to maybe settle for someone for the 2018 class just to say you filled out your 25 number when you can hold out, wait a minute, and then hit someone elite for 2019. And Josh, I mean, it's 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 not just you know keeping a spot open. There's still things to happen, and Calvin Anderson is a guy that Bob mentioned in his take three uh, that we just posted up today, uh, being a guy kid at Rice that Bill and Lincoln have both been down to see already. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a guy that I had a chance to talk with. About, um, I guess, about a week ago now, right after that Lincoln Riley visit to see him. And he's a guy that he, he flat out said he's going to take a visit to Oklahoma here in the next week or two. If I'm not mistaken of his schedule, and I've got to kind of pulling it off memory, I believe he's going to Auburn this weekend, and then his plan was to go to Oklahoma on the 16th, and then shortly after that Oklahoma visit, make his decision. So there's no question that Oklahoma would like him to be part of things. From what I understood, I know there was some conversation. Well, maybe that's connected to whatever happens with Tank Jenkins. I, I was told there was no connection there. Oh, you would have taken Tank Jenkins and still been pursuing Calvin Anderson. So uh, that's that's the nice part. I mean, you I'm sure Oklahoma wishes they were 82, maybe 83, and really only had a couple spots to play with. But at the same time, it gives them some flexibility. I've even heard some talk of looking around for a safety. Uh, maybe if they could find the right guy. I don't think that's... I don't know that there's a guy they have in mind or anything like that, but if the right guy were to come along at that position, I've even heard some talk there could be a grad transfer possibility. The third, uh, I guess, commitment of the day for Oklahoma was, of course, uh, out of St. Louis, Northway, North Parkway, or Parkway North, uh, Michael Thompson of Rivals 100 uh, defensive tackle, and this is what Lincoln Riley had to say about him. You know, Big Mike here was the, was the last one here this afternoon. That was a that was a big get. Uh, as as we all know, defensive linemen are they're the toughest position to recruit. Everybody wants them, and uh, there's there's not very many of them out there. 
that that was uh josh I, and bob both of you that was one i think that a lot of people were expecting uh to get today and and maybe i guess the biggest surprise for oklahoma on the uh, national signing day or the second national signing day everything else sucks. yeah <laughs> josh would just kind of <laughs> talk us through everything that went into that that's a pretty big pickup though for calvin thibodeau and ruffin mcneil to go back into st louis and uh, kind of pick up where they left off with Ronnie Perkins. And it sounds like uh, even his time uh, down in San Antonio, and you were able to visit with him, uh, Ronnie did a really good job of selling Oklahoma to Michael Thompson, and it ended up today with them getting his signature. Yeah, you know, it, it's a situation where Oklahoma, you know, and I've said this before, I saw Thompson at the Army All-American Bowl, and I had heard nothing of he and Oklahoma having any connection, that anything was going on there. And I, I even considered talking to him, and there just wasn't any point. But almost immediately afterward, and it, it felt like, I don't know if Oklahoma had been considering it or if there was just kind of a wake-up call after the Rose Bowl. But I think it became abundantly clear to Oklahoma, we need as much talent on the defensive line as we can possibly find. And I don't think they wanted to just go take anybody. It's kind of like what Bob was just saying with 2019. There's a lot of reason to think Oklahoma's in good shape with some very good players in 2019. So they didn't want to just go take a flyer on somebody in 2018. But Michael Thompson's not just a dude. I mean, guys, you know, I, I know, Eddie, you and I saw him twice in St. Yeah. Louis and then again in Indianapolis, and the guy was dominant. I mean, he is a, a just a unique body type with his long arms. And, you know, I know talking to some of the people, or not talking to some people, listening uh, to what Lincoln Riley said, it, it echoed a lot of what I'd heard back in the spring and the summer is that Oklahoma actually liked him at offensive tackle. And I still think if things don't work out or he doesn't immediately kind of take off at defensive tackle, they might look at him moving the offensive side of the ball because his long arms and his natural athleticism, it's not hard to envision him being a really good fit on the offensive line. But at the same time, this is a guy that shows off pass rush ability. He, he really... He checks a lot of boxes for Oklahoma, and like Riley said, these are the guys you can't just find. You, OU is going to find receivers. They're going to find running backs. The difference between them competing on a national level or just continuing to kind of dominate in the Big 12 is going to be what they can get in the trenches. I kind of think that was probably the biggest thing that you, you took out of this, or anybody looking at it took out of this 2018 class. It was just the, I guess, strides that they were able to make at the defense on the defensive side of the ball even though they didn't get that inside linebacker I think that everybody wanted, or the Josh Proctor or Jaden would be. But uh, Lincoln Riley was able to talk about that today, just about signing a front seven and getting back into uh, a national contention with a uh, really good front. When it does become a fist fight in the middle, no. you got to have guys that are ready to win that too. So I think for us it's just getting back to making sure that we're signing elite front seven guys. And uh, and and. You know, and there's always the most competition for them. They're the toughest to get, and uh, but we've built everything uh, around kind of our recruiting model. We've built everything around being able to sign great defensive linemen, and this year was a great step in that direction. And I mean, we talked about it, Bob. We've talked a lot about it on this podcast, especially you know a couple of weeks ago with Oboe in the Senior Bowl. You look at this team, and DJ Ward, you know, he he was a trooper. I mean, he 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 did made some good plays at decent times. But this is a defense that that's only had one elite pass rusher on it for the last what uh, three years now. Yeah. And, and so, what, what's going to be interesting is, is is you know the last couple of years, whenever they were looking at these kids, they all want to be Eric Stryker. 
and now they all want to be the, the, the next oboe. And the, the question is, who's going to be that guy that wants to be the next DJ Ward, but better than what Ward was? You know, who's going to accept the fact there'll be a defensive end instead of an outside linebacker coming off the edge? Because they're so loaded there. I mean, you think about Mark Jackson, Addison Gums, who are already on campus, you add in guys like Nick Benito and Jalen Redmond, and I don't know how they're going to find spots for all of them. That's something I'm sure, you know, we've talked a lot about the defensive identity for what Mike Stoops and what OU wants to do still seems to not be as clear as you think it should be at this point. They've got a lot of talent, but I'm wondering how they're going to make that work. Uh, I asked Lincoln Riley kind of about, you know, and Bob and, and Eddie, he talked a lot about uh, just kind of being proud of the way they close defensively more than anything in this class uh, is they do get Nick Benito. Uh, they do get Deshaun White. They do get Michael Thompson. And that's something, I mean, you talk about, you look at what A&M did today, really impressive, but still, I, I haven't looked at the rankings before we did the pockets. They were at 22 in the middle of the day. Uh, I mean, I think people were talking about they could shoot up in the top 15 with yeah. the day they were having. But you still look, that's still quite a bit behind, you know, Oklahoma when you look at the, you know, the, the breadth of their class and you add in Ron Tatum, you add in uh, Ronnie Perkins. We haven't even talked about him. Uh, and you, you do now start to look at potential elite defenders uh, that are in this recruiting class. And uh, I asked Lincoln a, a little bit about kind of battling uh, the negative recruiting that's out there with some of that. It seemed like, you know, the way you closed then you talked about January 6th. I think Nick Benito probably made his decision during your team um, function. Uh, do you feel like going to that second college football playoff really kind of was able to override any negative recruiting against, you know, this conference, you know, the, the defensive numbers that you guys have been putting in? Well, I just think people people are starting to see through all the, you know, all the stuff that's out there. Um, they're starting to see the truth. And uh, finally, which is, which is good. And, uh, you know, they're starting to see that there's really good football played in this league. And... Uh, and that this league will go toe to toe with any league any time, and uh, so I think they're seeing again kind of what we've said: the quality offenses in this league. You know, we we play a game against Oklahoma State that's high scoring, and it's a Big 12 game that's this and that. We play a game against the SEC champion that's high scoring, and it's one of the great Rose Bowls ever. I mean, but I think people are starting to see the reality of that and uh, so I don't know that that was as much of a factor this time around I think that myth is starting to starting to fade away a little bit and uh, so yeah no it feels good to get the guys that we have and I think the yeah the the success that we've had again three straight big 12s and being in the being in the college football playoff two out of the last three years they see that you know they can come accomplish anything they want this is one of the premier programs in the country without a doubt there's unmatched stability here, uh, unmatched uh, consistent success, and uh, that is very appealing to a lot of these guys. And, Eddie, I want to start with you, and Bob, I want you to comment as well, but it, it did almost, that press conference, being in that room with Lincoln today, it was almost like, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it kind of like a weight had been lifted uh, as far as defensive recruiting for the staff and for him in particular because – of all these things that he's talking about. He talks so freely there. You see, he said stuff. He probably wanted to say a word that he couldn't say, 
uh, in terms of people negatively recruiting against Oklahoma on the defensive side of the ball, but it was like a weight had been lifted, I thought. He's probably worried about that keyboard that was getting murdered while he's being asked <laughs> questions. Uh, By I, the way, I have that. I have some isolation here. This dude, dude, love love on your... I don't know who's buying your laptops for you, but you're going through them like like candy. Logan, you got you had eight guys enroll early. Tremonda said he was going to enroll early, but hasn't. It's like a little My mouse. God, it's like yeah, a little um, little mouse running all over the place. Holy crap! They have to be happy about how they finished, though. You picked up a four star kid at. The Under Armour game. A defensive game. tackle. A of defense, course, a, the kid's got to qualify. Tackle. I yeah, mean, that's that, a big that's, part of it. Josh, that, I think that's probably one of the questions that we need to bring up is just the fact that, you know, we you brought it up, the fact that we saw Michael Thompson up in Indianapolis. I, I'll i admit. St. Louis. Or, no, we saw him in Indianapolis, oh, Indianapolis as well. Too, yeah. uh, I'll admit, I didn't get much video of him because at that point, we were being told that there was yeah, no like way a the kid was going to or some crap like that. So, I mean, is there something to worry about there? Do you feel like Josh? Eddie, something funny to uh, to kind of back up your point of how much you were paying attention to him. For those that watch the Scoop HD video and the the stuff we got of Thompson, Eddie actually shows up in one of the shots. Yeah. You can see Eddie, yeah, because it clearly wasn't ours for the first time ever. So I noticed it and I was like, wait, hell, that wasn't even our stuff. We got video so, from the rivals, uh, guys. But no, but no, and you know, and, and that's no shot at Eddie because I usually when we go to camps, I'm like, okay, Eddie, here's the guys we need to be watching. This is what, and I didn't have Michael Thompson on that list, and part of it was academics, and part of it was Oklahoma wasn't really involved. Like, I right. mean, you heard their name, but really, I, you know, and, and Bob could probably back me up on this, even though at the time he was, you know, wandering and gallivanting the world and not with us, but it was Ohio State, Missouri, USC. I mean, Oklahoma just wasn't a school you were hearing with Michael Thompson. And that was part of why I didn't talk to him in San Antonio, because that belief was still there amongst most of the people I talked to. And then like a week later, I'm talking to people and the narrative had just changed. I mean, and it wasn't just, I don't want people to think, oh, this is OU just being hopeful. I, I was hearing this from everywhere. There were lots of schools that were trying to get in on Michael Thompson late and Oklahoma was, for whatever reason, the one that really had success doing it and turned him away from a Missouri decision that most everyone thought was going to be the case. So uh, I think, A, they deserve a lot of credit, and B, what I think probably happened is Thompson got serious in the first semester, pulled the kind of grades he needed to, and made that hill to climb a lot smaller. Instead of being a guy that was going to have to have a 4.0 GPA taking AP courses here in the second semester – he just needs to do well, and he'll be okay. Because like I said, the people I've talked to over the last few weeks have told me if they were going to bet, they expect he'll qualify. Well, hell, do you guys remember leaving the St. Louis Rivals camp and uh, driving up over to Culver's, and we're eating, talking about would OU land any of these guys? And it was almost unanimous. Like, they might have a chance with Perkins. Trevor maybe, Trout was there. Maybe Trevor Trout. Maybe Cameron Babb, if he really if things went well, but I didn't think they'd get any of those guys and they end up with three guys. Or well, remember guys we went, we camp. went up there and Josh was all fired up to interview Ronnie Perkins. Yeah. And it just seemed like he had lost interest in OU yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. No, in that interview, he was talking about going to Oklahoma, like in the next few weeks. And then the trip got canceled because he couldn't get a ride. And there was, there was all this, there's always a reason he couldn't get down. Yeah. yeah. Like as time went on, it kind of felt like Tank Jenkins became for a long time there. Like there was always some reason there was something that couldn't happen. Uh, 
and it just felt like this the momentum has been lost here. But at that time, OU was in good shape. Now, I think the guy that I, I came away from that camp being like, well, I thought OU had a chance here, and I'm not sure they do anymore, is the Adeye. Adoye, God, maybe Bob can finally Dally. set us straight on this name. Yeah, but Adeoye, sure, sure, Bob. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to correct. <laughs> Are you 100 percent on that, that, Bob, or is that just out of your ass? Uh, when he committed to Texas, I heard a video where that whoever did the voiceover for the video that was the name they said. That's the only way we knew Samaj P. Ryan is because he said it himself. I think at that maybe it was USA versus Canada game or something or USA versus World game. He played. No, in. remember we made him say it on camera at that Houston camp. Yeah, that was the first. You guys were both down there, so year one Juan was down that's in just, Houston. That his name just I wouldn't have taken that. P Ryan, that just doesn't seem. It didn't seem real. Samaje is back in school too. I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, but yeah, I mean. It, the defensive line, you know, being able to bring in that. Because, I mean, I think we can all agree. Uh, Jordan Kelly, you know, I think we all kind of have, uh, you know, reservations. He's really good high school player. Can he bulk up and stay quick and fast and, and powerful? That uh, To me, that's the biggest question. But Michael Thompson, to me, he's here. He's he's legit. You're, you're talking about, you know, Jordan Phillips type. They have some difference you know, level. makers yeah. for the first time in a while. And especially at the rushing. Because we all love Jalen Redmond. Regardless, we're not going to get into us versus rivals thing there, uh, but you know we we all believe he should have been ranked way higher than he was. Right. Uh, and I mean, you, Ron Tatum. I know Josh has been you know the work ethic thing there is a question, but Ronnie sure. Perkins. I mean, these are what Lincoln Riley was talking about. These are elite level guys that we haven't really seen a whole lot of in recent years. Well, with Tatum, it's it's what OU can get out of him. He is an NFL talent. There is no question in my mind. He he has that level of upside. But it's just a matter of, oh, you can find a way to turn the switch. And if they can do it, good on them. Like that, He'll be a great player for them. But, I mean, I was looking at I kind of was going down the list, and I was actually thinking about doing a story. I think this defensive line group, as you look at it, with four four-star uh, four, four guys and Jordan Kelly, who is not of the same level as far as reputation as those other guys, but is a guy that has athletic ability. I mean, he's not just a big, stiff guy. He has some potential to be a good player. I think it's probably, on paper, the best defensive line group OU signed since 2006, and that group included Gerald McCoy, Jeremy Beal, and Adrian Taylor. So, I mean, if that group can come, if this group can come even <laughs> close to what those guys were, that's, that's huge for Oklahoma. Uh, all right, I want to move on from defensive line and, and talk about defensive backs because I think we can all agree safety biggest concern going. I know uh, Bob, Eddie, and I are all getting ready to do a series of roundtables, kind of diving into spring. And one of those questions will undoubtedly be, uh, "What's the biggest position of, of concern on both sides of the ball?" To me, safety is the biggest concern. I I'm, cornerback. I mean, you think with. Uh, you know, all the guys that they've got returning there. Trey Brown, I think, uh, is a guy that is very intriguing just because of his speed. Obviously, Buki, which I'm not real big on the Buki. I'd rather just call him Brendan. Um, not going to happen. Everybody's going to call him Buki, though. Uh, well, yeah, everybody, Jordan, everybody that knows what they're talking about will. There will be people that don't, Bookie. that consistently call him Buki for the next three years. But you got Trey, <laughs> you got Trey Norwood. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You got Trey Norwood. Uh, and you got Jordan Parker returning, so it seems like a corner. It's really good. So I, 
Lincoln Riley was actually asked a, a, a question that got a really good answer today about the defensive backs. Uh, and here he is talking about who really can kind of play where. Oh, we've got some guys that can that can certainly play both. I mean, I think I think you know Buki gives you that uh, that versatility. I think Miguel gives you that versatility. I feel like Starlin, you know, will 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 stay a corner. Uh, if I had to guess, I feel like Patrick Fields will stay a safety. Uh, Delarin obviously recruited to come in and play safety, um, and I, I feel like he'll probably stay there. But yeah, we've definitely got some versatility of being able to move those guys from the different safety spots. And again, Buki and Miguel certainly give us a lot right off the top. Uh, Bob, what were your thoughts there? It's interesting when you look Miguel Edward. I didn't know where he would fit in. I thought he was going to be a corner, but you hear Lincoln Riley for the second time sort of mention the versatility. And I don't know if that's good or bad when it comes to some of these guys, if you would prefer that they had a set spot, if that makes things a lot easier. Like I think Buki is set at corner. I don't know why you would play around with him being at safety at the size that he's at at this moment, but they're, they brought in a nice group. I don't know if it was, an elite group in the secondary. I know 2017 felt a lot more like it, but maybe that's because there was a lot of more local flavor between Justin Broyles and Trey Brown and a legacy like Robert Barnes. So we all got to know who those guys were. This group, there seems to be some real potential, but also some real questions as to how they're going to adapt when they get to the next level outside of Buki. And I think you can say that because when you hit your number one guy, when you hit a plan A guy like that, it sort of takes the pressure off the rest of the class. That class can have time to sort of grow and develop as long as your number one guy is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be. Uh, here's the question, Bob and Josh. Uh, anybody coming in this class in your mind that can be a safety right away, not a nickel, but a safety uh, that could supplant a Khalil Houghton uh, or a Robert Barnes? Josh, no, we'll start no. With my opinion. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just podcast it. over. I it's it's Robert done. Barnes. It's screwed. <laughs> and I'd love to tell Robert you, I, I, I'd love to tell you yes because I think the world of Pat Fields, and I know Bob feels the same about the kid. He's a tremendous kid, and I think he's a better player than people. I, I think he kind of gets this reputation as. Well, he's the ringleader, and he he's a, a great locker room guy. Patrick Fields is a good football player. Don't don't get it. Don't mistake that. And I don't think there's anybody in the world that's a bigger Delaren Turner Yell fan than I am. But and he's skinny, time, isn't he? He's he's like super skinny. Yeah, I, he's at best he's going to show up at 175 pounds. Wow. Dude needs some time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. I, you know, that was really interesting. Basically, you guys have crapped on my dream of some superstars coming in at safety. Uh, I mean, I got to think, like, if Buki doesn't win one of the corner jobs, he's your nickel, though, isn't he? Just with his ability, the, the punch that he brings as a, as a cornerback? No way are you keeping that dude off the field. No way. I, you, you're you're going to find some way to make that work. It's kind of like what we were talking about at this time of the last year, or I guess more into the spring, when Motley had the great spring game and there was all the buzz about him. And you kind of thought, well, there's got to be some way to get him on the field. And that was obviously before he supplanted Jordan Parker. But uh, that's the way Radley Hiles feels. You need those guys that just have a natural ability to get around the ball and make big plays and kind of make things happen especially in a pass-crazy league like the Big 12. I, I Personally, I think he's going to take one of the corner jobs. I think he will. I don't know if it'll be from day one. I don't know if it'll be by midseason. I think that's coming. I think he's just too good to hold off. 
but they'll find some way to get him. Maybe even in the return game, they're going to find some ways to get him around the football. It's it's really interesting at the cornerback position, and we talked about it a little bit after the first signing day. It was just the fact they have so many guys at cornerback. If they could just get one of Proven those guys, guys to play safety. Yeah, like guys that have played. Yeah. Guys that have started. And made plays. I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. They have four, four, four yeah. returning starters, yeah. right? Plus a kid in well, Justin yeah. Broyles that I think could really be a player at some point. Maybe I just like Justin too much. But he just hasn't been healthy. Well, he redshirted. Yeah. So I, I, I would hope that they could find one of those guys that could possibly play safety. And I, I would imagine with all of those guys on campus during the spring, you're going to see them toy with that idea or, and play people and give other opportunities to guys. Uh, all right, we're going to we gotta kind of wrap things up. I mean, we're giving you a special signing day podcast. We can't make it an hour and a half like usual. Uh, Bob Prisbillo joins us for the very first one. We broke his cherry. Uh, congratulations, Bob. Uh, it's we good to gentle. have you with us. Uh, very gentle. Thanks. Uh, and we haven't even busted your balls about it. The, th- the great thing about Bob is like you can't really tell he's like a Chicago guy until there's a certain accent that he has that comes out every once in a while. I heard it a little bit. Like the first time I noticed it was when you and your dad were together in Cincinnati. We were watching. By the way, Tavion Thomas signing with Cincinnati today. We've uh, we we have proven that you, me, and Eddie, when we go see someone, we're a curse. Yes, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's only one. I don't think we've have we ever been in the same place before, all three of us. Bob was definitely uh, if if Bob was in Nashville with us for Jacob Phillips, there oh definitely would be God. a curse going on. My God, uh, Bob! I don't know if, if you've discussed with these two how not over that situation they are. It's, there's some permanent scarring. That Nissan Sentra they are gave we- me ruined my back for like a year. <laughs> trying to drive ten out, ten and a half hours in two days it was a nightmare. But you got to watch Eddie freak out about the Cubs. That was fun. Yeah, that is true. Absolutely. So Bob, Bob uh, did ask Lincoln real quick about that. Let's get let's get some stuff out of the way here. Uh, Bob asked Lincoln Riley about uh, the Ricky DeBerry situation, with which we both kind of reported on last week. Lincoln, can you confirm the transfer of Ricky DeBerry? Do you anticipate any other changes before spring? I don't think before spring Rick, Ricky DeBerry is going to transfer. Uh, he's going to uh, finish out this semester uh, as a student here. Uh, you know, get his credits uh, completed to. To uh, to go ahead and graduate and then move on and you know we've given Ricky support. Um, Want to know that like I said we're here for him, going to help him out academically and and uh, hopefully help him find a, a great spot to finish his career up. And you know I, I think we all like Ricky. I think maybe I was the first one that ever dealt with him because I I met him in the Chicago Rivals Five Star. Uh, couldn't have been a cooler kid to interview. Even you know he was just coming. He was there a year early, so. Uh, he and he didn't get invited back for a senior year to the five star. That was, that was the, kind that of was the greatest five star that has ever been held. Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Stephen Parker, Stephen Parker. You had Micaiah Quick, Micaiah Quick. Yep. I think Damian Mama was there. Yeah. Soldier Field. It was awesome. You had uh, what's his name? Stanford. Uh, uh, from Bryce. the defensive end, Solomon Thomas. That was Solomon Thomas. Yeah. That was that a was great, a great one. Yeah. It was re- a lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I, Bob, I mean, you, you, you dealt with his dad a lot. I know, I know you think he's a good kid, uh, but obviously he's kind of become this urban legend, uh, with OU fans that it, it was kind of like, 
he was used as the as the argument as to why Mike Stoops and Tim Kish are failing is because you can't get Ricky DeBerry on the field. Basically, Ricky Barry just can't play. He's a bust. Can we agree on that, Bob? I'll let you start. Yeah, we can. I'm fine. I'm finally no longer on the fence because, well, maybe if something was a little bit different. And he, he had a couple bad breaks go against him, but the, that happens. You know, his shoulder was messed up this senior year of high school, and that destroyed his true freshman year at OU. And then you look at, I believe it was this last spring when maybe he showed signs a time or two. They tried to move him to middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, he played a little bit, especially against uh, Kansas, and I think ULM was the other game we saw a lot of time. Then he comes in spring, and he gets mono, and that just sort of eliminated, you know, any chance of him really developing into anything because it's not as if the coaches were so high on him to begin with then you give him a reason for you to fall back on the depth chart, and it just felt like he could never crawl back up. All right, Josh has got a crying baby, apparently. Uh, Tiffany's going to stab him, uh, so we have to get out of here. One quick thing I want to hit on before we go. Uh, news dropped today. Uh, hor- more horrible news. Uh, Lincoln Riley threw this out there at the end of his opening comments. One thing that I do want to announce, and then we'll get to questions, uh, Nick Basquin uh, tore his other Achilles tendon in a workout uh, last week. Uh, the non-contact was actually a, a kind of a low it wasn't a it wasn't a fast paced type of drill even even closer to a warm up. Um, the good news for Nick is you know that that injury happened soon enough. He's already uh, had it repaired. Uh, that we do expect that we'll have him back in, in fall camp and be ready to go. But he'll he'll miss spring ball for sure. So tough injury for him. But but Nick's been through it. And if there's anybody that can bounce back from that, he's he's the guy. All right, so, uh, yeah, we end with uh, terrible news. I mean, it's going to be really hard for him to come back with two bad ACLs. I mean, Achilles. Repa- or Achilles, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they repair him, but they always say, it's just like with Andre Robertson went through, they say it's never really the same, uh, and that's if you have one. Having two for what he does, which is a precise route runner, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it's not good. All right, uh, Josh, we'll let you get to the crying baby. Uh, Appreciate you uh, joining us. Appreciate you pacifying Eddie so he didn't burn my house down. Really, is what what I'm I'm, uh, thinking for. I think in the next pod we'll have to cover Eddie's rage a little bit better. But that there there was Eddie was hell or high water. We were potting today for you for the people. Uh, He's a man man of of the people. people. Bob escapes. People by the people. Bob escapes. uh, First podcast ball busting that will be uh, tripled the next time. We'll get you in studio. We have a we have a mic that's been sitting here that's never been used. Well, it has been used, I guess. Oh, uh, Joe used it and Shin used it. I just we'll clean I used it. it once. Were you here, Josh? Yeah, I remember one. I did the pod in the studio that one time. We, uh, Laney and Tiffany like hung oh, out. Oh yeah, the they were out in the car and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. Carrie wouldn't let them in the house, outside. so they had to go like drive around Norman. That's not true yeah. at all. <laughs> Lainey went out and played in my weeping willow, and she thought it was a magical forest. She did like it. She liked it a lot. All right. Well, Josh, thanks so much, Bob. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's it's a first in the unofficial forty. Uh, we 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 may have news on you know podcast stuff coming here soon too. So thanks, guys. Thanks to Eddie. Yep. Thanks to Bob. Thanks Thank to you, Josh. Uh, 
uh, National you. Signing Day. That'll do it. Uh, wrap up. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go subscribe, Soonerscoop.com, because Bob wants to keep his job. Uh, that'll do it. We'll come back again next week. That's a wrap. See you next time, everybody. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.